April 3rd, 2017. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. And I'm Yannick. And this is a ridiculous show called Pixels <laughs> Weekly. <laughs> All right, the silly mood. The silly mood today. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey. I'm going to try to contain myself all, all during the, the entire show. I want to say I've been a little low energy on the past few episodes, and I, it's been a combination of, like, morning shows plus, like, we've, we've been doing this at a little bit of different time so far this year. And so what I did today is make some coffee. You know when we, when, you know when we have high energy is when there is nothing to play. But now we're trying to deal with all those great games plus work. Exactly. You know, that, that QA1 pressure plus those stupid resolutions that get you to work out at crazy hours. It's the Q1 and pressure and it's Calamity Ganon bearing down on me. <laughs> Calamity? <laughs> Calamity Ganon? Calamity Ganon. You know, what I gotta that? figure out some way to stream Zelda, right? Mm hmm. Because yeah. it's not like the Switch is not something with like streaming built in, so you gotta really go out of your way to stream Zelda. Yeah, yeah it's tough. I, it's so weird that they still don't have that. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. So I, how was, you, how you, was everybody's you, week? It's great. Curtis is on my floor, so that means he makes me my coffee. Oh yeah, so our um, office um, did a full seating reorganization. That's what she's talking about. I'm just gonna ooh. caption Sandy when she talks the whole episode, so that you guys understand. <laughs> so you can understand her weird codes. Oh, yeah, I gotta tell you. This, so Curtis I, is on my floor. What? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I'm, guys, I'm sitting here and I'm having this coffee. And it's very good coffee. It's George Howell coffee. Given Sponsored by George Howell. We're a new sponsor today. Yeah. Is it drip coffee? Did you uh-huh. French press it, pour over? What, I, I, how I did you go make it? the French press or the pour over. This is just your basic, um, your sort of basic uh, AeroPress coffee. Um, I like it filtered. I don't like any sediment in my coffee. But my uncle got me this per recommendation of... Uh, a man named George, uh, who's a family friend, really nice guy, and apparently is very into coffee. And so I'm sitting here, I'm sipping it, and he said, he said to my uncle, don't let him put cream in this coffee. Mm-hmm. Good advice. Yeah, right. And I was just like, I was making it th- this afternoon, and we're right before we started doing the show, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it because it, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm trying to eat a little bit better, trying to do some better mm-hmm. things for myself. Mm-hmm. And so I, instead of getting the regular coffee creamer, I went to Whole Foods and I got this almond coconut cream. Nice. Here you go. Yeah. Ew. This is, sounds like something as, that Yannick would be. <laughs> you, you can have as much as you want. I'm not into ah. that. I would go full cream because I don't give a shit. But my girlfriend will be, <laughs> my girlfriend will be all into that. Okay, well that's good, and I so I gotta tell you I'm having this coffee right now. This cream that I put in it tastes fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes yeah. really bad. Well, I think maybe just next time just go just simple, just almond, because at least you have the almond taste behind. But yeah, it's nothing really fancy taste. You gotta get yeah, used to. Yeah, I it. think maybe I just start drinking coffee black. I think that I'm gonna have to be yeah. one of those people. Hey, what's your guys uh? time limit for coffee because you're the first i would say i I will generalize and say the first person like the first american born 
and raised that drink is coffee at like what is what is your time right now 7 p.m so this is very late for me yeah i'm gonna be up all night but i've got one more divine beast to kill so huh. that's fun because I, because I can drink an espresso at ten thirty after dinner and still go to bed and people are like, "What is this?" Oh yeah, no, I'll have a hard time getting to sleep tonight, for sure. Okay, okay, I was just um, wondering. But Cindy, it's, it's worth coffee. it for the show, you know. I Cindy drink does? coffee at three in the okay. afternoon, so I don't drink it in the morning. In the morning, I drink tea to fix okay. that two thirty feeling. Yeah, and then around like three and four, that's when I have to get coffee. <laughs> it's that. They usually go, I need coffee, and then that makes Curtis want coffee, and then I go get pastries, and then we have coffee. But that's going to be for next week's episode, Sandy's Dietary Restrictions. I don't have dietary restrictions. (laughs) All of our dietary restrictions. Tomorrow, we're going to get cookies, so I don't know what you're talking about. Well, no. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. I need to know what those cookies are about. Yeah, no kidding. Well... For video games? Dis- yeah, despite what you've heard so far, <laughs> we're a weekly video game podcast that comes out every Monday to make you smile. We uh, we catch up with each other also on this show, hence all of our chit-chat. Um, but we've got a lot of news to get into today, oh, including yeah. Destiny oh. 2's big reveal that's very, very exciting. Valve is ruining the Dota 2 workshop, which I can't wait to hear more about. And my journey continuing with Zelda. So, let's start off. What do we have? Ooh. I'll start. I've been watching E-League all what week is that? What at is work. E-League? E-League is pretty much uh, TBS's version of esports shenanigans. Okay. It's like, uh, they're trying to kind of hype it up. And it's televised. It's on TBS, which is pretty cool. And... This round, they did a Street Fighter V Invitational. So top players, personalities, they've been invited. And By the way, one thing did that we I find w- out since the last episode that it is officially called eSports now? Yeah, it's eSports and a lowercase s. So, yeah, E-S-P-O-R-T-S. All one word, no spaces, no capital. No cap, no random capital. Right. Well, well, there you have it, folks. They did not choose to go with BitSports, my suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) What a disappointment. He disappointed the Associate Press. Fake news. Sad. Sad. BitSports was so good. (laughs) BitSports. Sorry. Go ahead, Sandy. I'm sorry for interrupting. An invitational, you said. Yeah, it's an invitational. So what an invitational is, yeah, you invite people to come play in a tournament. So you're not really ranking up. You're just doing uh top performers top players personalities so you've got everyone from daigo to gutex to the new up-and-comers um like lpn and you've got some veterans like justin wong so it's it's a Mm. good uh fun thing and what's new with with this specifically that street fighter five tournaments tend to be more grassroots this is a little bit more polished it's very organized it's very clean and kotaku on day two had this whole opinion piece on how e-league is taking the fun out of the fighting game community because the commentators weren't nearly as colorful and it just didn't feel the same which i had a problem with 
because one, this is a brand new format. Let people figure it out. Two, were you even watching the event? Because I watched day one and I watched day two. And they were pretty much the same as they normally are uh, when they commentate other tournaments. Day nine. Day nine. (laughs) Isn't that that an esports joke I made? (laughs) That is. I was like, wrong game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm happy that I successfully made an esports joke. I know it now. (laughs) I was like, uh, wrong IPs, but I get it. I see what you did there. I messed up. Uh, so the, we had like TBS last year. I remember it was so much fun to watch with my roommates. I had like, it was probably one of the few times in the year when I can get to introduce my passion, even though I never play fighting games. And uh, I'm a huge believer of like having TBS broadcasting this, of having uh, ESPN broadcasting some of the um, what was it? They did the Counter Strike tur- esports tournament or some or something. Um, e- ESPN had uh, Heroes of the Storm, Heroes and they've the also had Dota. Yes, oh. and uh, and I I think you know it's good. Like everything happens on Twitch now, but I think you still have a uh, it still feel very much close to the community that it belongs to when it's on Twitch. Uh, people will follow the channel, people will find it on Twitch, and people come on Twitch with a purpose. And I think if you put it on, on a channel like TBS, you open it up to a wider audience and an audience that never heard or seen it before. Um, mm-hmm. What's funny, reading the comments of this Kotaku article, is that people are generally, though, disappointed with the with the commentary, though. And um, and I don't know, is it something that maybe will get built up for TBS? Was it like just too much of early first rounds? Um, was there really nothing to get, you know, where the game's unbalanced? I don't know. No, I think the problem with the commentating, at least what she said for this article, was that they were too tame. And at least with the fighting game, there's East Coast and West Coast. So East Coast and West Coast are two totally different vibes. West Coast guys tend to be a little bit more polished. The ga- um, You've got video games industries in in California. So they, they tend to be a little bit more not rough around the edges. But they still say some pretty outlandish stuff. The East Coast, they're just, for lack of a better term, it's, it's full of thuggery. And my FGC yeah. friends would, would know all about that. Yeah, because we're we're just loud, rambunctious, and we say whatever <laughs> comes into our heads without any consequence. Um, but the two commentators here, Tasty Steve and Sajam, they do commentating for um, Wednesday night fights, and I watched that with Arya as well. And pretty much what they had on E League, and what they had uh, at Wednesday night fights is pretty much the same and it's on brand with what they do maybe a little bit censored because this is going to be televised and you want it to reach a broader market but the same things that they've always done like making fun of older players calling them grandpas and Mm. you know uncles and stuff like that they Mm. do that so I have a few tweets in here from Sejam who's the commentator who was upset with the article and I totally agree with him. 
And then Justin Wong, who's a veteran player from New York City who lives now in California, he said, does Kotaku only produce negative material from the FGC? People do love some drama. And I kind of have to side with him here also. After day one, then writing this article, you really didn't give the event a shot. And you kind of just were like, yeah, they kind of suck. Whatever. They're killing Uh this... They're killing this scene. And I'm like, that's not what's happening at all. So the controversy is that there's just a general feeling that there was no attempt at understanding what was going on. Rather, it was just kind of like watching and judging. Right. I think it's like Kotaku kind of pretty much didn't really present it fairly. Uh, This is a grassroots game. Kind of like the the tournament scene and all that stuff, and Kotaku was just like, "Yeah, they're kind of ruining it." And it's it's no, it's just it's just going from being rough around the edges to becoming more polished. So it's kind of entering a different world, which is beneficial for the industry as a whole. Yeah, but I think like the the thing that I'm looking at from this event, apparently there's no audience. So there's no audience for the preliminaries for the first few rounds, which is what makes it interesting because usually they're used to playing with, like, people cheering them on and watching them get crazy. So just having, like, a crowd behind the commentators will make them sound louder just by themselves. I think it's, like, we're, like, raising, like, a false concern here. I mean, I I always see, like, some events on some stuff on Twitch or some esports when there is no... When there is no, uh, like, I watched some of Overwatch competitive thing that happened online. So, of course, there was no no crowd, no audience. It was not in a studio or whatnot. It was just live commentary, but with no audience. It's, it feels different. It just You just focus on the game. You don't focus really on the energy from the commentators. Right. And the, the fighting game scene has been very much focused on, like, that whole energy and that whole vibe. So there's always been a group of people around watching to see what's going on. And this is kind of like another way of playing the game without having that crowd. So they're getting used to there not being noise, it being more of a a game of a one versus one versus uh, one versus one in the crowd. But at the same time, it's like people want to watch these events but you don't go to an event for five days to see it build up and then see who's top eight. You want to see top eight. You want to see the best of the best. You want to see them fight, and then you want to see who's number one. Mm-hmm. You're not going to spend eight days watching an event, and then it, it drains you having to go back and forth to an arena physically. Oh, absolutely. All right, so my first piece of news for the day is Persona 5. It's out. The reviews are out. It's amazing. Polygon gave it a 9. I think IGN gave it a 9.7, which is an incredible score. And alongside this news is I don't think I care. (laughs) 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 I was waiting for the end of that news, and I wasn't expecting this. Okay. (laughs) Well, look, the game has a tremendous style. Um it's a follow-up to Persona 4 Golden, which I enjoyed playing some of on Vita, but I don't know. Have you guys, either of you, played a Persona game before? No, I watched the Giant Bomb guys play it, and they were doing, like, some crazy things. But it had, like, is it a JRPG? Oh, it, if 
with a capital J. If, they, if, you, could, <laughs> yeah. if you could add I, like, 17 Js, that's what this thing is. I have such a hard time getting into JRPGs, and even everyone was telling me, like, you're going to love Kingdom Hearts, you should play it because you're a Disney nut, like, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. And I, I tried, and I just I just can't. Like, the JRPGs kill me. And the so, more Japanese they are, the more I want to put the emoji water gun to my head. There is a mechanic in these Persona games that I think is extremely Japanese. Um and it's apparently even more accented in Persona 5, which is this concept of it's not enough to have, like, the dungeons and stuff, but you also talk to people to, like, develop your relationship with them. And this this doesn't just apply to, like, not like Mass Effect style of, like, oh, let's go do the side quest. I'm your friend now. This is, like, make sure to talk to... Jessica, every Thursday, or else she stops She'll being leave you. your friend, right? And you're like, what is happening in this game? And, like, it, it ex- I mean, Persona 4 even did, like, seasons, and, you know, people lived entire school years. I was like, what is this, and what is happening? Because, like, what the real shame is, is the combat in the Persona games, sublime. It's turn-based, but it's also... Very actiony. It's uh, super stylized. The UI and some of the treatments is some of the most fun uh, stylized stuff you'll ever see. But you know, like a a potential two hundred plus hour JRPG that is mostly and now in this video game they also limit how much time you have every day, so you have to choose which of those relationships you're gonna ch- maintain and all this stuff. I was like, this is, like, taken to an extreme degree. Yeah, I follow Sandy on the, on the JRPG aspect. I don't remember playing any of them and even never really owning. I own the PSP, but I don't remember owning any console where it was worth for me to dedicate time to a JRPG. Yeah. And that, on top of that, you know, guys, I've never been a Final Fantasy player. And uh, one of the main reasons why I never played a Final Fantasy was because of the turn-based combat. It is something that never got me hooked. Although when I, I, I of course, in my gamer experience, played some turn-based games, and one of the most famous will be Pokemon. But yeah, Pokemon. But 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 yeah, it's the turn-based games, and I enjoyed it. And I'm I don't know why I have that anxiety or that disinterest for turn-based game right now. <laughs> Yeah. But if there is a there is a, a like a you know a door full of darkness that I would consider opening, um, it would be this one. Personal five. A lot of people told me I, you're, I you're talked so to a few poetic. people. A door. Yeah, I know. Tonight. Yeah, well, you know, tonight I'm inspired. Okay, we'll talk yeah. about it later. But today I'm. Uh, I'm shaking my head. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. He's right now. But, okay, so wait, no, Yannick, I I want to talk to you about this because I think I've zoomed in on it and it's going to connect to some of your news. I maybe I was thinking about this. I don't know. With Zelda is a little bit of an exception, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I can play an RPG. That is long form and about like collecting and cultivating and developing a character that is not online anymore. Right. And I think we, 
I remember also talking about it today with someone else. No Man's Sky fell into that into that genre where it's open world. You collect things, but you have no. It's just for you, and yet there's no way to kind of show it off or interact or do it with other people or yeah. or show your discoveries or anything like that. And uh, and yeah, that's for me too, Ryan. I agree. That's a deal breaker for me too. I don't know what it is, but it's probably the world we live in right now, where we all always want to be connected with our friends and share those open world with uh, with our friends. And don't I don't think you. I mean, I'm gonna guess it for for you, Ryan. But I'm sure with Zelda, you are sharing it with colleagues, with friends, with brothers. Uh, you're sharing your discoveries. You're sharing moments that you have in Zelda. Um, yeah, and, I don't and know, Zelda I don't know. definitely has a community around it, and you go yeah. on the internet. And, and I think that's the other thing, right? Zelda, the difference between Zelda and why it's uh, not a JRPG, I don't feel, is Zelda has a lot of opportunity for sort of emergent gameplay. Things that happen by accident, things that you create yourself and, like, maybe only you thought of it. Um, the ability that's like a sandbox to experiment and be weird and actually have the game like let you do it and that's Mm -hmm. incredibly exciting and it means that a lot of people are sharing a bunch of stuff because it all feels like everyone at the same time is uncovering secrets persona on the other hand is a series of very i mean obviously based on the reviews very and not just the review numbers like go read the reviews it's a tightly scripted you know well-crafted series of events but oh i don't know if it's just the landscape right now or what but the idea of long-form storytelling and that is like 200 hour storytelling to me or even 100 hour storytelling i'm not up for in certainly in the way that i used to be Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like the for me the next jrpg that i intend to spend a lot of time with I'm hoping is Nino Kuni, um, yeah. two. Okay, so that's that's kind of where my yeah, mind's going. But yeah, yeah. Persona, I, I, I love you. I'm sure you're great. I'm sure everybody that loves Persona, you're probably justified. But yeah, and I'm sure we're gonna hear about this game during the award season for probably its graphics, and that's probably one of the most unique games that comes out this year. Um, so so like it, you recognize Persona. It's one of the games where that you don't need to read the title of just looking at it. Uh, if you were to look at it on a random stream on Twitch or any screenshots, you were like, that's Persona 5, 100%. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, but it feels like homework. It's like, make sure you cultivate this relationship. Make sure you do this. <laughs> I can barely keep my real life together. How am I supposed <laughs> oh, to keep my video game life together? Stop it. <laughs> Stop it You're with the with homework. You're with Tom Nook, everybody. Right. I know we're you. moving on because right, she's boring. On, right. um, <laughs> I have a... I have a small piece of news, and it's more of a shameless plug than a, than a piece of news. But I finished Horizon Zero Dawn, and you should expect, as we speak right now, this podcast comes out on Monday. You should expect, and you should check out on our blog, my review of Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, yeah. I, it, it's written. It's The draft is complete. I'm just polishing it, adding a few images here and there. I took some sick screenshots that I'm putting on there. <laughs> you uh, get photo uh, mode going? Get photo oh, yeah, the screenshot. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, that's always my favorite thing of the game. But, and um, I, I finished the, the blog right before I finished the game. So you will not get, I'll double check, but you will not get spoilers out of this one. Although I'm getting in depth into the mechanics and to what the world has to offer. 
and I'm 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 you know I it's not something that I wrote down after after playing two hours so that's why it comes so late for people wondering why we have a review coming up on the block so late for a game that came out two months ago uh, but it's my first article on the blog because I don't participate I'm a lazy no. I'm a lazy bum don't say and that. Uh, we're excited and uh, and so yeah shameless plug go check it out on the blog. And you guys, you two, you should finish it because the the story feels flat at first, but it picks up and it's really interesting and goes in places that you cannot even imagine. So, so wait, does it contain spoilers? Does the review contain spoilers? Because I want to play Horizon after this. Uh, that's what I was saying. Uh, the the review uh, the 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 review doesn't contain spoilers. Great. I have I have a hypothesis. I think it's great. So far, so good. And I'm playing every single side quest. Uh, I finished the main story, and I, I still got to go to a at least getting the platinum trophy unlocked. Um, I'm at 75% completion right now, and still got a few side quests to do. Um, but 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 yeah, I mean the side quests are, are are fun too. Sometimes sometimes repetitive in my opinion, but it always there's such variation in the game that you don't feel bored doing something all over again that you've done in a previous mission. Uh, it's it's a nice mix. It's a nice uh, yeah. It's a nice mix of of, of everything. Um, so yeah, go ahead, Brian. Sorry. Awesome. It's you know on my list next after Zelda, and it's so rare to be finishing up a game in the beginning of april and know that there's another five star awesome game coming down the pipe and 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 waiting for you this early in the year i mean i'm basically going to be playing games i feel like nonstop until e3 hits and then it's going to be even more craziness right so oh yeah um I hope we'll survive the end of the year, right? So go to pixelsweekly.com, and on top, you'll see a few sections, and the section read is the one you want to click on. Do it. Do it. Do it. (laughs) All right, Sandy, what do we have next? I am on uh, the Dota 2 Reddit, and there was kind of like an interesting story that popped up. It's got 8,000 upvotes on Reddit. Whoa. Which means the community is... Is really wants people to see this. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And it's decent. Yeah. It's the Dota 2 workshop and its ecosystem are dying, and here's why. And it was actually written by uh, one of the artists, or it was actually written by a group of, of artists. And it's got a TLDR at the bottom, and pretty much the reason why I really liked Dota 2 was because. It has this whole ecosystem where artists can generate uh, revenue and monies off what they were doing. But I liked it because I could buy cosmetics for a game I don't play just because I thought it would be really, really fun and really cute for me to have these things from special events like the International. And I've sunk so much. You guys heard it before. I've sunk so much money into the international and the compendium, even to a point where Aria was like, "There's no way someone that plays the game is going to sink more money into this than I have." So we've kind of gone back and forth with that. But what they've done, what Valve has essentially done, is they've restructured the way they're paying the artists, or even mm-hmm. considering how to get the artists work into the game where they feel like it's not fair anymore and I kind of have to side with the artists on this because it 
they went from being able to make a viable living on it to now they they don't even know what's going to happen. And if they can't make a living on this, then they're not going to make in-game items anymore. So we had we had the the, the I read the TLDR of this of this Reddit article and uh it's a it's a long ass Reddit article. I'm used to read Reddit article that have one video or, or like one GIF or whatever. I said GIF. Uh, I don't care. And um, <laughs> what? We'll, we'll address uh, this on our next episode. <laughs> GIF, like the we peanut will, butter. We will take the entire episode to address it. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so okay. Uh, my by experience and small experience, every time a game developer or you know a business like this gets involved into what the community is doing best, everything gets everything is you know pretty much dying from the inside. That's what's happening here, right? Yeah, and the thing is, like uh, Counter Strike Go has a similar system as well, but it hasn't been touched. It's just the the Dota two kind of environment that that's being messed with. So the way the artists used to get paid is that they would create content for battle chests uh, that would be sold or given out as rewards during major events. So those are loot boxes, kind of like if I'm using Overwatch. Sorry if I'm mm. using yeah. Overwatch terms. That, but no, no, that, that, that helps me That's too. exactly it. <laughs> it's loot boxes you can purchase as well. Okay. Yeah. So you get them at like events and majors and, and things like that. And it used to be... Uh, the if Valve sold the compendium for ten dollars, mm-hmm. the artist would receive twenty five percent, and that's twenty five percent of a pool of money that's split among all the artists okay. that are in that specific battle chest. So if it's like four artists, then that twenty five percent is split among four artists. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So then after TI five, it went from twenty five percent. To twelve and a half percent, without any warning or explanation. Really? So this I can't help but feel like this seems like Valve decided they wanted more money. Which is weird because they still take a pretty good chunk of change from this. So it's not like they were losing any money from it. These items are purely cosmetic. Uh, they're just for fun, and everything that. Y- they're, Valve is only making profit off of it. Yeah. So it's they were actually helping the artists out because, Ryan, you as an artist can attest to this. Working with deadlines and being pressured kind of sucks. Yeah, I think we've all seen at one point or another the chart that has the sort of the three circles and you can choose to get something great, cheap, uh, or uh, on time. Right, and you can only pick two of those things. You can't get the third, and uh, you know it's always a balancing act between like deadlines and that sort of thing. And I don't know about you, but it seems to me that the art surrounding Dota Two for years has been really, really great. It it has been really great because of the workshop and because of the artists contributing to it. Because they're like, hey, here's something that's totally fun. Let's kind of participate in it. I'm not pressured to make great artwork. I can yeah. do it at my own pace and then kind of share it with the world and share it with this great game. But now they're like, ha, just kidding. And from the next event, they've removed the workshop altogether. 
And that's kind of what allowed these artists to create the content and sell stuff. So now they're not getting paid. And they've reached out to Valve, and Valve is just straight up not giving them any answers and ignoring them. Mm-hmm. So personally, the artist community for Dota 2 is what makes that game so great. No well, one's going to buy a courier that looks like a red panda because that's something that Valve thought of. That's <laughs> someone creating the skin, putting it on there, making the artwork, making it work, and going, hey, look, red panda. And someone like me going, yay. Yeah, yeah but it's 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 fascinating to me. It's, I mean, you teach me something here, and I hope uh, it instructs something to our listeners as well. I've never heard of any occurrence like this where artists participate into the game design into the game items i think that's amazing and you could apply it to all the games we love and it would be super great to have um even myself watching the halo tournament last week i'm always amazed to see the esports team logo on the weapons that they are using of course that's not like that's not artists but it's 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 taken from outside of the of the the, the game world it, and it comes from it comes from artists it comes from the real life I'm, i don't know if i'm explaining it right um yeah. but 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 it's my follow-up on that is they're just kind of like you you kind of get yourself into a situation though not to put myself on Valve's side but you have now a liability towards artists and not just towards players. When you make that game, if the game stops working, stops selling, or they don't create more content, then artists are going to be, artists that are going to potentially rely on this business are going to be like, yo, Valve, what are you doing? Because we're selling those stuff. And well, not not anymore right now, but before it was that economy where um, uh, depending on how many loot boxes or, or battle chests you would sell, that's the, the the artist would make you know money according to that relatively to that and uh and it's i think for me it's very difficult you have to satisfy an audience of players and now you have to satisfy an audience of artists um it's hard to juggle with those two i mean they got themselves you know their two feet right into a uh, a pile of dirt here and then they're trying to get away from it but it's it obviously has a negative connotation to it absolutely right and and with like with anything this just feels disingenuous for valve to hide behind a terms of service on this one they have a mm-hmm. you know, like you said they have responsibility and, and well put sandy yeah especially since like counter-strike go their economy hasn't really changed anything and that that whole with the gambling that was a whole like show <laughs> well valve has proven time and time again it's perfectly happy collecting money when no one else is looking <laughs> so all right so for my next piece of news i just had to talk about it again and and please forgive me if you've heard enough about this but yannick's gonna talk about destiny later in the show so i'm, I'm allowed uh my journey with zelda is continuing and i've got three of the divine beasts down uh i last night i obtained the master sword finally Ooh. oh that's right here we go <laughs> i don't want sandy i know you haven't played it yet so i don't want to tell you if the master sword is breakable or not um oh no <laughs> i think i could i could use the internet to find out but i'm you not don't yeah don't spoil it for yourself um, so I've uh, since there's no particular order i'll mention i did the divine beast of uh, the, the water sort of temple i guess is what i'll have to call it for zelda parlance i've done the uh, gorons the fire death mountain 
which is kind of inside a big lizard. And uh, the third one I've done is the giant camel in the desert <laughs> with the Gerudo. Well, I saw and, this one on stream, yep. Yeah, and I think what's interesting is it seems to me that this is like, it's almost like an episode of Chopped or something on the Food Network where <laughs> you get, instead of like, they they throw together, like, they call it a deconstructed cheesecake and it just looks like a bunch of shit on a plate. And, and what they've done, I think, the artists over Nintendo in this case have cleverly deconstructed Zelda. And what I mean by that is there's like 120 different shrines in the game and some of them are really lame combat things and it's usually very similar combat or the same combat each time but when it's a puzzle the sum total of all these shrines feel like they would have been separate rooms in dungeons mm -hmm. in a traditional zelda right yep and so experiencing them like this i i it made me look at each one and appreciate it even more than I would have as a room in the fire temple or as a room in the forest temple, uh, like the old format of the game. It, it's making me go, what is the essence of this puzzle in and of itself? Because a lot of those temples, basically, they, they were like, look, this is the temple where you need the hookshot to get in. So all the puzzles are hookshot puzzles and you get the boomerang in the middle of it. Then all the puzzles become boomerang puzzles. And it, made the puzzles while a lot of the times really brilliant design with those tools it made them very same uh samey same feeling and all of these <laughs> are saying look we already gave you the tools figure it out and it's made me appreciate the puzzle design in zelda in a whole different way um and so it's freed up the main four temples of the game these divine beasts to be kind of like open world temples where you kind of have access to the entire structure and you're just trying to figure out how to manipulate it and, and Rubik's cube it until you can kind of line it all up and get everything correct. And I, 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 the reason I say this is because my favorite Zelda games are mm -hmm. in no particular order. Mm -hmm. um, a link to the past uh, Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker. Yes, Wind Waker. Yeah, uh, Link that Between one. Worlds. <laughs> yes, that's the only one you're allowed. And, I mean, if I was going to have to pick a fifth, then I might say Twilight Princess. Um, but so no, so no Breath of the Wild in that top five? No, well, see, that's the thing, is, like, I'm looking at these top five, and in in a, a few key ways. I, th I thought that there was nothing. I mean, certainly the top two there are Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time for me. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Uh, for Wind Waker. Very... <laughs> I think for two very... Well, look, Wind Waker was really great, but Wind Waker had a really terrible ending that they smoothed over in the HD remake that I played. So <laughs> I'm not going to forget that I went through a slog of trying to find Triforce pieces for hours and hours and hours at the end of that game. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, and I, I love Wind Waker's art style. And I'm just playing Breath of the Wild right now, and I'm thinking, I, this might be better than all of those games. Oh, okay. And that is, like, I, <laughs> that is like weirdly vulnerable. I'm, that scares me a little bit. 
<laughs> because for sure, like being, you know, I'm 30 now and I've played most of these games like growing up and I thought that there was no, basically there was no budging those top two things, right? There's no budging Link to the Past or Ocarina of Time. Uh-huh. And here I am playing Breath of the Wild and I think if they made another game that felt like Ocarina of Time, I would be less interested in it. Because as an adult, the ability for me to... It's its weird. Like, you can play it in a time-managed way. I can play it for eight hours straight and get a lot out of it. Or I can jump in, handheld mode even if I want, or on the TV, and go do one temple. It takes 20 minutes. I'm in and out, and it was... And I'm back, you know, I'm done in time for dinner. And that's incredible. Um, and so when you couple that with the world of Hyrule being better better realized I think than it's ever been and more emotionally evocative than it has ever been in terms of it's like how scary it is and how lonely it is and how mm-hmm. surprising it is this is a every hour I spend and I think I'm on 50 hours now according to the play clock roughly I appreciate it more than the hour before and so I'm I'm excited for Horizon Zero Dawn, like I said earlier, but like, I'm floored by Zelda. I, I, I wish I could give you both the, the, the gift of Zelda somehow. Uh, if you don't have this game, <laughs> just borrow someone's Wii U and buy Zelda and just do it. Oh, yeah, I could get the Wii U copy and put it on the Wii U. Uh. Yeah, well, yeah. hold on. I, I've, I've seen it for the first time, like, in real life. I've seen someone at work playing it on the, on the, on the Switch, and it is beautiful for like a handheld. It is gorgeous. I don't. Yeah, I, it's a very and it's game. and it's not something. There's always that. Oh yeah, it looks pretty on Twitch and everything. But there is always the frame rate. There is always stuff you're missing when you're watching on. Even with sure. the best guy, the guy that has the best setup, the best capture card, you're still missing something. Just being able to physically see the screen. Um, man, man. Yeah. Weirdly, um, and it like I think, can't compare on TV to Horizon at all. Horizon's so much better looking, but like handheld. Yeah, but it's a like, different this art. Is the best looking handheld. We game talked ever. about it. Yeah, I think we can bring people back to our episode last week when I talked about you know when do graphics matter, and and this is when you're like okay, and uh, and I don't know about you, Sandy, but when Ryan talks about Zelda, I could just like lay down and you know like he could tell me to <laughs> tell me his stories throughout the Zelda world, and I will just like fall asleep in no time and just be like, all right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I do. All right. I, I do have one little spoiler before we go because okay. I know we gotta we gotta move on. But yeah. Last night I was up in the sort of northwest corner of the map and I noticed a mountain that I had already been to. Oh, it was people glowing. write it down. Write it down. It was it was glowing blue for some reason and it was like pitch black night so I could really see it and I was like, what the heck is going on over there? So I you know get on the highest peak I can and I start gliding over there and I'm booking it and I get to the top of the mountain and suddenly the music changes and everything fades away and there is a meadow of like of almost like Studio Ghibli Miyazaki ghost forest animals Mm -hmm. okay and they're all like luminescent and blue and like they're the reason why the mountain was glowing blue and and then navi appears and goes hey listen <laughs> listen uh, no no she doesn't in fact it's completely quiet and i don't know what i'm supposed to do but i have a feeling that if i 
gather up enough stamina that I can get one of these glowing ghost horses. What? And I'm like out Best of my horses. like that's and now like I have z- another divine beast to do and Ganon to beat and like all I care about right now is getting more stamina so I can <laughs> with these horses. I I tried my damnedest. I ended up using three stamina potions and I still didn't have enough stamina to like tame the horse and I was just like this is now my life goal. I don't care about it. Yeah, come up next week to hear about the ghost horse story. <laughs> ghost, <laughs> ghost horse story. I think we just named the episode, didn't we? Ghost horse. We did it. Ghost, ghost horse. horse. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. enough for me. Different Yannick, topic. Hit. Back to real life. You guys get out of this gl- blue, yes. blue glowing mountain. <laughs> the meadow. All right. Tell story's over. Good. I'm talking about other things. Well, Two pieces of news and uh, two info and one piece of news. First of all, we got details from Overwatch, and it's been a while we haven't heard from them on that topic. The um, Overwatch World Cup event that happens at BlizzCon every year, I guess now that's going to become a tradition, uh, mm-hmm. just unveiled the detail of how of each phase and how we're going to get from here, March, to uh, the BlizzCon event in November and the actual tournament. So last year, to bring you back, that was the first Overwatch World Cup, of course, and um, the way uh, Blizzard picked teams was by going through um, going through um, preliminaries into each continent. So one team from South America, I think, six teams from Europe, and I think three or five teams from from Asia. I don't want to get it wrong. And then from North America, I guess he was uh, it was you know I guess you know you can say Mexico, U.S. and Canada in 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 the tournament. And um, and they were, I guess they were pretty much handpicked because the game was new, and I guess they were just looking at the top players. Right now, they are so phase one is announcing it, and uh, the qualification end in 25 days. What are the qualification about? Blizzard is tracking the top hundred players of each country, and they're averaging their skill rating, and that's pretty much how it's gonna qualify their country. So let's say right now I'm looking at the top 10. We have South Korea first with a skill rating average of 4,534. That is so shocking. Yeah, and so you have China, USA, Sweden, fourth, surprising, but there is a lot of talented Sweden, Swedish players. Uh, UK, France, Canada, Finland, Germany, and Denmark. That's for the top 10. Um, and so pretty much, you know, for each of those countries, Blizzard is tracking the average score of their um, of the players of those countries. So everybody in the game right now has an impact of what play- what teams are going to qualify. So we have the top 32 of that leaderboard will be um, qualified and go through um, go through preliminaries. Uh, although in in April they're going to have some. Uh, some votings, uh, people are going to have some votings on the player that they want to see playing for their countries. Um, so that's going to be quite awesome. And because um, I guess, you know, they're going to also put a lot of emphasis on the community leaders out there and people that are good and competitive, but also people that know how to how to advertise and know how to make a name for themselves. And then phase three goes into a more traditional group stage between all the countries. I mean, you pretty much have 32 uh, teams that are going to fight against each other in uh, in a round robin group stage kind of thing, and uh, and and at the end in November you'll have the playoffs uh, between the top eight teams that came out of this group stage. I hope I was clear, um, but that gets me all hyped up for BlizzCon. I'm going to call the top eight: South and, Korea, oh, yeah, China, go ahead. USA, 
Germany, Strangle Russia. I need three more. Prandelman. Those are your top five teams, you guys. Grabbleplost. Uh, well, so I would guess honestly, I don't know Brazil. if like the I don't know if like the average score here really matters, because um, there might be like a very small pool of players for some countries that are really good, and then it the average drops because of the rest and because of the population of of the game. I know for a fact that Brazil Brazil is 18 right now, but they have really strong strong uh, esports team in. Um, uh, on Overwatch, so you know you could see Brazil Brazil pop out in top eight, and 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 I th- I don't think they were here last year, so uh, Brazil was. We'll see. Didn't wasn't Brazil top eight? Uh, I forgot. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Um, but we I c- I could be wrong. But there was um yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what people are gonna get picked, and uh, and there's obviously gonna be a lot of um like a lot of synergy that is gonna have to be created because between those 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 players and those teams. Um, yeah. Ah, Sweden was and, second runner up. And the uh and so if you want to see that, that's my segue to my second piece of news. If you want to see that, uh, the event BlizzCon happening in November. Oh. Tickets goes on sale on April 4th and April 8th. And when I say April 4th and April 8th, set up an alarm clock for those dates. Check out the exact time. I forgot. Cindy might have this info, don't you? Uh, April 8th, it's at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard. <laughs> and is it, I think it's April 5th, which is a Wednesday, which would be 10 p.m. Eastern Standard. I have April 4th. I'm pretty sure I, I copy pasted April fourth. Actually, I don't want to give you people the right dates because I want to get the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> it's April nineteenth. Uh, yeah. So the the big news that we're gonna try as a group as a Pixels, we're gonna have our first Pixels weekly trip. Hopefully, if Ryan is still in, I don't know. Yeah. We're trying to convince Ryan. You know, oh, guys, I, I could if I. I don't think you have to convince me. I'm, I'll go. I don't know if I'm gonna go to Disneyland <laughs> too. That's some right. that's some sad stuff. Right. <laughs> what? Has committed to Disneyland. We're gonna have double floats, and it's gonna be great. <laughs> okay, well, if you say so. Well, you, you and Curtis will have a lovely time. But yeah, I me, was Curtis, uh, Aria. Well, and you Yannick. guys won't get an Airbnb with us, but we'll talk about <laughs> another episode. <laughs> uh, that would make it affordable, for God's sake. Um, but no, like, yeah, I'll go. Of course, if I get tickets, I'll go. Yeah, because there's hype. There's the Overwatch Cup. There's StarCraft Remastered. What? You know, I'm really only going for one reason, and that is the costume contest. Oh, yeah. So is Let's see that. I can't wait. <laughs> costume contest. Can't because wait. there's a lot of amazing Blizzard cosplay. And They're then really some good. Derpy shit on there. And boy, oh boy, <laughs> do we love. We love the derp costumes. I will take. I want to get pictures of people in those costumes. Are you kidding? I'm going for the food trucks. Well, you can't have food trucks anywhere, uh, Sandy, so I'm just not spoiling it for you. No, don't tell her. (laughs) I only like the the BlizzCon food trucks. Oh, okay. Well, I'm excited now about the food, too. That's something else that I need to be excited about. I don't know if I'm ready. But, yeah, expect some hype about this one and expect this World Cup to be even better than the one before because I'm expecting the crowd to go wild if the people you see there are the people that are going to be top voted on the Internet. Well, you can expect people on site to be pretty excited about seeing those leader, community leaders, I like to call them, uh, come up on stage and defend their country. It's a really fun experience, especially when you get to chant USA. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Um, Next hot patch. 
I'm, I'm not in line with that. <laughs> You're like, not in line with that. On. Moving on. I don't want to hear it because you know who I'm going to be rooting for. I'm going to be the most French French person over there. Just so Do you know. it, man. Paint your face. France isn't even going to make it. I'm going to be it. so French, I'm going to be dressed up as widow. Okay, just, just You're going to be so French, you're going to be painted in red, white, and... Oh, wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait. It's the same. We picked the same colors. We need a break to think about this one, you guys. Let's I take a break. Need, and when we, we come to. back <laughs> to end the show... We've got still more big news, perhaps this week's biggest news. Oh, for the future! For the future! All right, <laughs> let's take a break. Hey, Sandy and Yannick. Hey. Hello. Have you guys heard of this newfangled thing called Discord? Discord? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, it's just like an internet telephone. Wait, the buttons on it or the one that, you know. It's called Yeah, Discord. the numpads, right? Oh, it'll make you numb. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for this one. I'll tell you, Discord is actually a place where you can chat with us. Yeah, that's right. The hosts of Pixels Weekly. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. But I have a question. Is it going to work on my smartphone? You better believe it, sister. You can do that through the app. Just go to pixelsweekly.com and click on the join link right on the homepage, and you can be chatting with us today. We'll see you there. Yay! All right, we're back. Ha! Can't stop us. <laughs> can't stop, won't stop. We can't stop buzzing, ah. you won't stop buzzing. The best part of the show, the last part. <laughs> oh my god, you've been—he's been holding it in. Like I—I I, I feel it. Ah. Like he's—he's holding—he's oh, yeah, holding it in. He's gonna have to hold it for a little while longer because the two things that we have to talk about are sequels. Sequels. <laughs> 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 yes, Star Wars Battlefront Two. Announcement was announced. Yes, that's the point we've reached. Announcement squared. Game. Yes, we've reached with video game marketing. Now there are announcements for the announcements. I don't know if you guys saw this recently this past week, but Marvel announced that the Spider-Man trailer would be happening. And the Spider-Man trailer is really an announcement of the movie. So... <laughs> <laughs> And this is all to say it is all a movie that they said that they were going to do two years ago. So an announcement of an announcement of an announcement. This is what we have with Battlefront. They said they were making a sequel a long time ago. That's the announcement. Then they said that they're going to have a live stream on, I don't even, I think it's Monday or something. And they said that happens Monday. So that was the second announcement. And now on Monday will be the real announcement. Okay. I'm fatigued. <laughs> I'm just fatigued with this bullshit. I can't. This is how they get you. They build up the hype. They go, psst, we have something to tell you. And you're like, oh, yeah? Like, what? And they're like, we're planning something big. Oh, yeah? What? We're, it's it's a movie. Or it's, it's a game. Oh, cool. About Star Wars. <laughs> like, tell me more. Could it possibly be a, a sequel to the successful franchise you relaunched this this past? <laughs> oh my god! It's uh. yeah, you gotta wait. But like, I just hope there's a story you. on this one. Just wait. Look, I I just wanted to say I don't know about you guys, but Battlefront Two for me. Did you did either of you play the new Battlefront or the old Battlefronts? No. This is a Star Wars game I should be able to enjoy with my brothers online. 
Mm. Please, God, please give me a single-player campaign. Please. It's Star Wars. All I care about is single-player. If I wanted to be Darth Vader and kill Stormtroopers, I want to do it single-player. I want the stormtroopers to be bad at shooting. I want not to do good. it by myself. No, no, stormtroopers are bad at shooting. And I had my my most memorable campaign co-op memories with the old Battlefront on PlayStation Two. I don't remember how many times I completed a game with my friend, but I don't know. We would never get bored. We would pick different characters. I think we finished the game with all the Jedi possible. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Was like insane. It was, and I was like Battlefront, yes. And then they show me the insane PvP. Um, scenery and and world and and game modes and everything and I watched some videos on YouTube and I'm like I'm not gonna pick that up there's nothing that I remember of um, you need to go back to the roots give me a yeah give me give me some single player you, I know that Ryan you feel the same and and I think you two are gonna be able to play together and I'm gonna be happy to buy this game if it has a, a real meaningful um, single player campaign and and as I say that I actually realized that you're then your piece of news is very close to my piece of news. Well, I was going to say the last part of the announcement of the announcement is my announcement that coming up soon, Yannick will have a very important announcement. Of an announcement. (laughs) Of an announcement. Well, to talk about announcements, first, um, have you guys seen Game of Thrones? The the, the reveal trailer today. I'm so over it. Like, I get it. Oh Dragons. No, but I can't. I can't get enough. <laughs> I can't get enough. Cersei is a White Walker, you guys. I'm calling it right here on the show. Wait, it, it is a White Walker. just like spoilers left and right, just no, in case did you, you just haven't say seen that? it. Is that he real? did. He did say that. Just watch the trailer, okay? Just don't blame me. The trailer is what it is. You'll this is see. why I don't watch anything. I feel sick. Of, I feel sick. This is why I can't. Like I can't. I'm just, it, I, and it's not a spoiler. It's just a rumor. You're allowed if, to do rumors. If it says hashtag GOT, I don't look at it. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of announcements and trailers, Mr. Yannick. Yes, sir. Finally. Uh, oh, my God. Sound the alarms. Oh, my God. Okay, sound the alarms. All right, <laughs> so you guys know I'm going to talk about this game that starts with a D and finish with a Y. It actually it. finishes with a, a number. And apparently it finishes, <laughs> but some some people in the internet were like, why don't you put the two in the middle so that it's Destiny? Yeah, that's what I say. <sighs> All right, I'm moving on. I actually that. like that. that <laughs> I, like, I like the two in the middle. <laughs> so on Tuesday, to give you the timeline, on Tuesday of last week, uh, which was March 27th, wait, March 28th, uh, mm. We uh, got a nice little teaser, 30-second, minute 30 teaser, uh, looking at KD6, one of the most iconic. Um, Is it Katie or Kate? I, I say Katie. Maybe it's probably Kate 6 because Katie sounds like Katie, like T-I-E at the end. Yeah. Uh, Kate 6 I will say. Uh, one of the most iconic um, exo uh, race character. One, uh, one might say the only iconic yeah, he's he's he's, <laughs> he's the guy who where you like. Well, he's the guy who that they build up uh, across expansions, and they made it a, a real unique guy that is, sounds a little bit like a Deadpool-ish. I've I've heard that this week, Deadpool-ish character, and uh, just telling a story about about him and telling the story that the tower 
got destroyed, the city got destroyed, and and just a message that we would get a world revealed trailer on the thirtieth, which is the day that we're recording it right now. So that's why I'm so hyped right now. Uh, as you're listening to this, you're probably aware of everything, but I'm just gonna recap everything. So Destiny Two was officially announced by Bungie and uh, announced a story where pretty much this tower has collapsed, your gear is all burned out, the cabal has attacked the city, and, um, and, and, and you're pretty much left alone here with the vanguard, uh, where a new story seems to be shaped up around the vanguard themselves, which are more uh, human. Uh, it's a human army and, uh, and that are going to fight along the guardians that you incarnate when you create a, car- a character. And um, and yeah, that's pretty much what we have. Like pretty much Zavala, uh, which is the Titan, uh, the Titan uh, master, I would say that you talk to if you're a Titan and you get your skills from him um, and your quest from him. And he's rallying all the guardians and all the guardians super happy. And on on the side you have um, on the other scenes you have Kate Six again, who is rallying the vanguards and uh, trying to get them hyped up, but on with his own tone. So I'll let you check the trailer. Um, but we have more information from Bungie on that. Uh, gameplay reveal will already happen. We expected a gameplay reveal at E3, which is happening in June, but already d- during a stream, which I'm expecting is going to blow up. I hope Twitch server are ready. Um, the gameplay reveal will happen on May 18th, um, and a beta will come out this summer, and the game official release date is September 8th. And I have already pre-ordered my collector's edition at GameStop today. Got my Kate 6 figure that you get at GameStop. I am ready, you guys. I can't wait. I'm Well, no, no, no. Okay, hold on. Hold on. We're going to edit the show right here, right now. Okay. This is the most exciting news of mine of whole year. And I feel feel hurt inside. I'm bleeding when Sandy comes up as like, blah. I'm like it's uh, like we saw the tre- the the teaser with with Cade and uh he's drinking at a bar and like talking about all the stuff that happened to him. No, and that was kind of funny. The pre-trailer? That was the pre-trailer. Yeah, the pre-trailer. Mm-hmm. The announcement of the announcement of the announcement. Yeah, the and yeah. then with this trailer, you've got like two different things happening at the same time. But one is like super serious. And, you know, it's a call to arms. Like, come here. And then Kay's like, and there's going to be loot. And then you're kind of like, I don't, what were, what were you trying to do here? And then when I try to go look for the collector's edition on Amazon, they didn't have it. So I kind of so, was just oh, like. Now we know eh. the reason why she's really salty. Yeah, like. Oh yeah. Now well, she was like, gonna... I don't know. I'm probably gonna play it. And then Amazon said, Nope. She was like, Okay, I'm fine. Um, so that's not dedication, Sandy. I don't recognize you anymore. But I mean, I, I feel you yeah. on that. I didn't. I didn't think it was the best trailer. Uh, I pretty much uh, was not on the ones that watch it five times in a row. Um, I was given the chills because of the the call to arms because of the uh, most anticipated announcement and um, but I quickly moved on on the actual facts of the of the release and of all the all the timeline that we're given all the announcement that are upcoming and most importantly the fact that finally uh, the very very solid rumor that was going around is that Destiny 2 will be available on Xbox One PS4 and PC. 
So, once again, I pre-ordered my PC version. I'm hoping that this version will be stable and not have some of the shaky PC releases uh, that we see out there sometimes. Um, but I can't wait, you guys. I can't wait. You know I'm going to take September 8th off. Going to pick up my game at midnight. I'm going to be playing it. And the sad part, though... <laughs> That's the punt right there. I'm going to be in Corsica for 10 days with family and, and, and girlfriend uh, from the 9th to the 19th. So I'm oh, going to be having you know a... I'll let you know how it is. I'll let you know how it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Just uh, spoil the shit out of it to me. No, don't do that or you uh, you lose my friendship. Um, <laughs> but I'll be, I'll be going ham on September 8th. And as soon as I take off, I probably will will stop all social media interactions and, 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 and navigation of the internet so that I avoid any spoilers possible. Yannick, do you want to know my feelings about Destiny 2? I, I absolutely do. And even though I hate Sandy for her meh reaction, I still want to respect it and I still want to okay. give her a hug. Cause I but know it's she's, like... I know in, she's going to be wrong. I'm, you know, it's one of those things when you like you want people to be wrong and you find with them... Being wrong I want right to be now. wrong. Yeah. It's a I... very pretty game. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Ryan. I will be purchasing Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. I know you will, because you know you want to experience well, oh, it Come with, on, with I thought that too. was going to be a big no, thing for you. you, you no, <laughs> yeah, no, but are you know... doing it like PC or PS4? I don't know. So f- the first, first things first. I think the whole thing is play wherever your community is. So Which is PS4. I, well, if Yannick's playing on PC, I, I'm going to play on PC because I would rather... Everyone is going to... Everyone that's playing Destiny right now is going to keep playing it on the console that they're playing it on. And the, I call it, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to be right. Mm. The PS4 I, I is going to have a larger community. of PS4 owners who only use that box for Destiny and can't wait to play it on their PC. That's That's... My own personal theory, but there, there, yeah, there are pros and cons. There, there are service going around out there um, on Twitter and with the, you know, with the fair share of community that those people are engaging with. Um, I see a lot of like thirty percent, thirty-three percent, thirty-three percent, thirty-three percent. And by I've, the way, if if Sony thought people would moan and groan. When Xbox wasn't getting the exclusive content that PS4 got, mm-hmm. they're in. They're about to bring in the hate of the entire PC community because mm-hmm. Xbox has waited a long time for some content that not only has been out on PlayStation 4, but oftentimes is out, balanced, and changed by the time the Xbox people get their hands on it. Yeah, so there seems to be still a PS4 exclusivity from some leaks and from uh, announcements have not been official uh, i think they're waiting for it to be official when they're going to announce what is going to be exclusive exactly right um yeah. but 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 um i'll i'll see what i know is that i will start playing on pc for sure and if the ps4 exclusivity is is confirmed i'll i'll definitely probably have a copy of ps of the ps4 installed on my ps4 uh, but i cannot I cannot emphasize enough the fact that a lot of community leaders out, out there are like Destiny 2, even though they're playing every weekend on, on PS4 right now. Uh, a lot of the community leaders out there, the favorite streamers, are moving to PC 
and they were the first ones to call and to hope for a PC version of Destiny 2. And um, and I'm plus, you know, I, yeah, I think the PC version is going to get way more like third party, like tool support, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of like on the on the experience right now that I'm having with Overwatch, Sandy, which. From PC to consoles, consoles to PC, there is no comparison, and it's a shooter is way more fun on on PC, and and you can't, you know, you can't. It's just like more fast paced. It's just more fun. There is more satisfaction out of that. So, you know, um, I'll be picking up both. Like Sandy said, play wherever your your friends are, because that's what the game is gonna be about again. The the, the Bungie is not giving that up at all. And uh, and go wherever you pl- your friends are. You don't want to play this game alone while your other friends are raiding together. People are going to double dip on the game. And they're going to end up playing on the PS4. And they're going to be like, oh, my God, we should have listened. <laughs> but, and hopefully every, although every, hopefully every consoles, every platform has a 60 FPS game now. Because Destiny 1 is still on, on the 30 FPS. And I hope now we get the full... We get the full, um, the full experience, uh, the high res experience that every new game is is offering us. Um, well, yeah, I do think that the PC crowd is going to attract more, um, more hardcore people. Yeah, you know? for sure. And I think the competitive scene is gonna is gonna grow even more for this game uh, being on PC. I, I I I truly believe so. And I hope they have the infrastructure for it to be competitive and for it to be having two feet in the in the esports world instead of uh, having this tentative that they try to have um, early on with the with the latest expansion. Uh, but what's the to finish on that? What's the one thing? I just want to hear one thing, not one word, but one thing you would want to see in Destiny Two. For me, it's gonna be a compelling and coherent story that I can okay. execute on. That was the one thing that I walked into Destiny 1 and had the... Because of the marketing, my expectations were not calibrated. And it made me go, you know, what the what the heck am I playing when, <laughs> when I expected a Mass Effect? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to walk into Destiny. And it... You know, I tweeted out today, I'm, I'm hoping that they're not going to hide a shallow story with humor. Like, Nathan Fillion's great, but Nathan Fillion is also loved and great because he was on Firefly, which mm-hmm. had right. a great story, right? And he, you know, he's this loved sci-fi person, which is, like, so great that they got him in the game and doing all this stuff. But, like, tell me a human story in the Destiny universe. Who are these humans? You know, let me go down there and just, like, I'm, God, I, I know you said one thing, but like, I also need like ten times as many planets. <laughs> I want yep. so much more mm-hmm. content. No, yeah, like, that's fair. If I'm playing this game and I stick with it, and I stick with it mostly to play with you and and you know the the group of friends that plays with you, it, and I'm playing. I'm not gonna play a recycled strike. Yeah, I'm not going to. Yep. Mm-hmm. Understandable. So. Yeah, and, like, Bungie is, the kind of game that Bungie makes is pretty up there. So, with Destiny, there was this hype build around it. It's going to be very um, Halo-esque. It's going to have this great story, these great characters. 
and it clicked with some people, but it didn't have the appeal to like bring in other people from it. Uh, I have a copy of Destiny. I haven't played it, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "You should play it. You should play it." And I watched Arya play it. There's nothing about it that makes me want to pick up the controller okay. and go. This is something worth investing in. The the issue here with the trailer was that it was kind of conflicting. Do I want to be more aligned with this serious guy, or is Cade yeah. Six something that I'm going for? That should have been split. It should have been one trailer where it's like, here's a call to arms for the vanguards or whatever, and you guys come here, and and here's something of that story, and then had the whole Kate section be a different call to arms, so it's like, you can play this game in these two different styles, Mm -hmm. and it would work, and it, it just wasn't enough to hook me in. It's a beautiful game. It's very pretty. But I think for that science fiction piece of it, it needs to be more. Okay. I want one thing, not to have a loading screen be- between my social world and the <laughs> and the and the and the wild, um, you know, wild uh, enemy uh, field world. I need it to be. I needed to be no loading screen. I'm fine with having my spaceship. That's the you know that's the most iconic thing. The thing that I will always remember about Destiny my whole life is having this view of a space and my uh, my uh, my ship floating in the foreground. That's iconic for Destiny right now, um, and it's one they make one of the best UIs out there. So I'm also excited to see what new UI they will come up with, what uh, new system they will come up with. Um, but I hope to be able to come, apparently we're going to not start from a tower up high, but we're going to be down in the city with the other peasants that we were supposed to guard and everything is going down to shit right now. So I'm hoping that at least for the game play trailer coming down on May 18th, they show us some kind of a revolutionary mechanic. And one of those could be, Hey, from social space to, to like enemy field territory, no more loading screen. We're just jumping straight in. And hey, uh, I would love and to I see think, space combat too, huh? Wouldn't that be yeah, nice? Yeah, in space combat, that would be dope. Yeah, space combat. We've seen that in trailers and cinematics and cutscenes. If you could take our hands and your ship will have stats and stuff like that. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, sir. If they have space yes, combat, I'll get, a, I'll get a limited edition. How about that? <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> Sold. Bungie, hire me. I'm selling the game for you. Just look at me. Pay attention to me. Send me beta codes and stuff like that. Exactly. Um, but, yeah. Can't wait to have more news for you guys. Of course, you'll be up given. We didn't want to do too much on this, but we had to stop and, and talk a little about it. And I appreciate you guys for um, for also being as hyped as I am. And uh, and then whenever we had some relevant information about the game, we'll, I'll make sure to slip in some five-minute um, five info blast at you. So we stay up to date up to September 8th. And at this time, at this date, I will just stop doing the podcast because I'll probably have... have Dedicate all my time to play. <laughs> I won't eat. I won't do the podcast. I won't work. I'll just play. Gang. Guess what, guys? What up? We did it. We did another episode of Pixels <laughs> Weekly. And <laughs> listeners, you can get every single episode for free over at pixelsweekly.com. Follow us on Twitter at PixelsCast or on Instagram at Pixels Weekly. And I think we're Pixels Weekly everywhere else. We can talk about that some other time. 
<laughs> we don't need to get into the the Twitter war. And uh, as always, we you can write into the show and tell us what you're excited for in the next Topo to Few Destiny. Uh, in Destiny. Sorry. Destiny. Destiny. And uh, I mean, are what? whose side are you on? Are you as hyped as Yannick that you've already got your copy? Are you cautiously optimistic like me and are just kind of morbidly curious about this thing or are you just in the nay column like sandy and just nothing's gonna make you budge we want to hear from you and until next time adios and we'll see you next week